to come and minister to this congregation for what God is doing in them and through them. We want you to put your hands together and welcome Jimmy and Miranda Leonard. Jimmy will come first, and he will introduce his wife later. Praise the Lord, everyone. You can make yourself seated. Make yourself comfortable. I think that's what I'm supposed to say. Make yourself comfortable. Get yourself all situated. I am Jimmy Leonard, and I grew up in the great state of Arkansas in the delta, the east side, where it's all farmland, just about it. The hometown I, I call home was all of 6,903 as I grew up. The biggest town was a place called Jonesboro, and we're about 45 minutes from Memphis, so that was a big place to go was Memphis, Tennessee. So being here with you guys is nothing but a pure joy. I like it. I'm an urbanite at heart now, so I enjoy it. I, I haven't had anyone make fun of my accent yet. I was kind of looking forward to having a talk with that person, whoever it was. Only the hotel um, attendant there, she said, as we walked by, I asked a question. She says, now, where are y'all from? I'm from Georgia. So I, every time I hear an accent kind of like that, I don't I want to talk. So hopefully you understand what I, I say today and my wife says today. If not, we'll clarify at the end of service, all right? Just give us a chance. We'll, we'll do our best with what we got. I want to say it's a great honor to be here in this congregation with you on this Sunday morning as we started today and as we started and opened with, with, uh, with a word of prayer and praise. And I just kind of felt things begin to move into the room. And then I, as we sang those songs and, oh, what a mighty God we serve. <laughs> We're going to talk about that mighty God today for just a few minutes, and we're going to give some opportunity before we're finished here today. We're going to give opportunity. If you've never met that mighty God, we're going to help you get introduced to him today. Is that okay? All right, don't get nervous on us. Don't get scared. We're not going to do anything weird or anything that we hadn't already prayed for God to do anyway. So we're going to just go ahead and let God have his way. So I, I'm, this morning, as you've gotten kind of comfortable with me, I'm feeling comfortable. I'm feeling good. My wife is going to come and speak to us today. And I want to say again, thank you, Pastor, Sister Pastor, and all the family. We know who the real boss is, all right? He carries the title. They call me pastor at the recovery ministry that I, that I have, but I only do what I'm told to do, so I, I know how it works. Uh, but we're so thankful and we're honored that we got to be here with you guys, and, and thank you for all that you've poured into us and, and instructions to help us move forward with what we're doing. I, I'm appreciative of that, and, and you're, I'm always your voice is always welcomed in my life. I want you to know that. And I, um, I love the family. I love the family atmosphere that we're here. I feel like I'm at home today, which is very dangerous. Um, it would probably be better if I was a little uncomfortable because I would probably stick to the script just a little bit better. But it gets kind of dangerous when I start feeling comfortable. And I feel good today. I feel like I'm here with family. I feel like Jesus has already moved into the room and began to settle some things and stir some people. And I, I'm only expecting more. So my wife is coming. But I want you to know, when we finish today, we're going to call to the front. And when we say we call everybody to the front, we're a family today. Don't be afraid of anything. If you've got something that speaks to you today, why not get it taken care of today in this room and settle it before we walk out of these doors today? If you need a better if you needed more of a walk with him then let's let's talk about that and let god move in our lives if you've never had an experience of uh, of taking him on and his name on we want god to minister to you today and let you hear about that and walk in what he's calling you to do can you do this with me you don't have to stand again but just raise a hand this way and just ask god to touch us and let our voices be his voice today i just want to be his vessel and 
I just wanted to work through the both of us. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you've done in this service so far, dear Lord. We thank you for this life that's been committed to you and taken on your name. And there's many more to come, dear Lord. And we're expecting nothing but great and wonderful things to take place. Use us. Use our voices today, dear Lord. Let us be your hands and your mouthpiece today in this room, in this house. And I believe you're going to do a good work. God, let there be a work that's done in every life that, that is in here today. Let everyone that is impacted by the word receive something to grow on them tomorrow and the next day and the next door. Let it be in the wonderful name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, it's great to be here. Ditto to everything my husband said, and I want to say publicly I give honor to him. I would not stand behind this or any pulpit without his prayer covering, and I am thankful for him. It's great to be in the great state of New Jersey. I love God's church. We're in Arkansas, and we're serving, and we're reaching for people, and then we come all these miles away to New Jersey, and here's the church. Here's the people of God reaching and going to the nursing home and going to the jail and building a recovery ministry. God's church. That's what it's all about. So we are thankful to be here. I'd like to invite your attention to Romans chapter 8. We're going to read verses 1 through 4. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. This passage shows us the contrast, the difference between life when we're following after the flesh, our sinful nature, and life when we're following after the things of the Spirit and when we have God's Spirit living inside of us. Life in Christ, verse 2 says. Not just existing, not just depending on our own limited abilities anymore. But the result of the Holy Spirit living inside of us is life. It's life. It's the promise of everlasting life with him one day in heaven. But it changes the life that we live here on earth too. Verse 3 tells us that when there were some things the law couldn't do. This is referring to the way things were before Jesus came and died on the cross and rose from the dead. But through his death and resurrection, sin was condemned it was overcome and the hold that sin had on humanity on flesh on our our sinful nature it was destroyed verse 1 told us there's no now there's no condemnation to those who are in christ jesus and verse 3 tells us instead of us being condemned now when we're in christ jesus instead of that condemnation being on us punished destroyed no through the death of Jesus on the cross, our sins were condemned. Freedom. There's now no, no, no condemnation for those in Christ. There's a way to live free. There's no other way to live an overcoming life but to be led by and filled with the Holy Spirit. 
it changes everything. It changes everything. It changes the big things and it changes the small things. I want to share just a little bit of my story. I can remember in years past reading books and hearing testimonies of people that I would call just radical Christians. And I meant that in a good way, that word radical hearing stories of people just reaching for the lost and sharing their love for the Lord. They weren't just business as usual. Ministers sharing their love, their passion for reaching people. You know, know, the kind of Christians that are praying for folks at Walmart. Hearing Sister Gwen Oaks talk about praying people through to receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost in airports all over the world. And sharing their faith boldly i would hear those things and i would think wow that's awesome that's the greatest thing i've ever heard it's really too bad that i'm not one of those people too bad you know that's great for them you know the ones they're friendly they're outgoing they don't meet a stranger they know how to talk to folks that they they've never met before you know, those types of people. Too bad. I'm not like that. I'm not outgoing. I'll never be a soul winner. Just don't have the personality for it. But well, we know this morning. That was a lie from the enemy. That's all that was. That was just a big lie from the enemy. But it was a lie that I kind of grabbed hold of because it was comfortable. I didn't have to push myself. I didn't have to stretch myself. You know, I really kind of excused myself from, from working to win people to the Lord because I just bought into this. I, I don't have the personality for it. Now, my husband, he's, he's a charismatic dude. He can talk to anybody. I'll just leave, I'll just leave it to him. I'll just leave it to him. I wasn't walking after the Spirit. I was walking after after this stuff, the flesh, my own comfort. I didn't want to be uncomfortable. So I was walking after that. I was walking after the Spirit. And I was forgetting something very important, that it's not about my power. It's about His. I can't be the person He created me to be unless I surrender completely to His will for my life and unless I endeavor every day to walk in that spirit. I've tried to do it in the past without him. Kind of still still holding on to some things, some fear, some doubt, some hang-ups. Didn't work. Can't do it on my own. Ever been there? Ever been there? So what's the answer? What do we do when we try it over and over and we keep falling back into those things we know we shouldn't do? How do I become, as verse 1 said, in Christ? There is therefore now no condemnation for those in Christ. How does that happen for me? We'll skip down to verse 10, Romans 8, verse 10. But you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. The word of the Lord gives us the answer. To this sin problem. To the problem of doubt and guilt and shame and not feeling good enough and not feeling like we can get away from that thing that's taking over our lives. The word tells us how we find and receive the power to change. 
And today, this very day, is our day to receive that power. Amen. It's a gift. It's a gift, and it's for you, and it's for me, and it's not a one-time thing. It's a gift that keeps on giving. It's a restoring power, a renewing power. I've had this gift for some years, but I still need more of it. I still need it working in my life. And sometimes I just need a reminder of what this is, this gift that I've got, and all the power that comes with it. Because sometimes I'll find myself kind of walking in after the flesh a little bit, and I need to be reminded and restored of the power that's living inside of me. Jesus knew we would need help with this. He knew we couldn't be everything that he calls us to be on our own strength, that we would need power to change. When he told his followers here on earth that he was going to be leaving and returning up into heaven, ascending to heaven, they were sad. Understandable. They didn't want to see him go. But he told them it was better for them that he go. He died on the cross. He was raised from the dead. He said, I'm going to ascend back into heaven. And it's better for you that I do that. Let's read John chapter 16, verse 7. This is Jesus speaking. So these are not the words of Miranda. This is Jesus speaking. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go. It's to your advantage that I go. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. So his followers were sad, but he said unto them, Don't be sad, because it's actually better. I'm going to send you the Comforter. He was referring here to the gift of the Holy Spirit. He said that this gift would be greater even than having him Self in the flesh walking beside them. What? Can you imagine? Just think about it. if we had Jesus today in flesh walking here on earth and we got to be his follower and got to see him every day. That would be pretty awesome. A bill came in, you didn't know how to, how you're gonna pay it, just hand it to Jesus. Like, Jesus, we take care of this for me. That coworker that's just on your last nerve. I don't. I know that don't happen in New Jersey, but sometimes it happens in Arkansas. Or you get sideways with your spouse. Not that that ever happens at my. You you, you understand. But hey, Jesus, what should I do about this? What should I say? And he'd just tell you because there he'd be right there in the flesh. That's great. But he said it's even better. If I have his spirit, his Holy Ghost living inside of me is even better than that. I didn't say it. He did. I can't imagine. It's amazing to imagine anything better than having Jesus standing here beside me. But what's better is having him living in my heart. Having him living in me. So who needs this gift? Everybody. Even the disciples who had followed him and been with him and not just heard about the things that he did, but got to see it for themselves. Even they needed the gift. He didn't send them out preaching and reaching the lost and teaching and all that all over the world until they got this gift. He said, don't be sad. I'm sending you a gift, and you're going to have power. Power. i got to get a hold of that power. Then when I do... Doesn't matter if this flesh is a little shy and kind of awkward and has trouble talking to people they don't know. That doesn't matter anymore. 
It's not about me. I got the power. His power, not mine. It's the power. Got a sin you can't seem to get rid of or a habit you can't break? There's power available. Remember Romans 8, 2, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Freedom found in the spirit. That hold is gone. And your changed life will cause people to be astonished. How is she doing that? She used to be so angry. And now look at her. She's just walking in peace. He used to be bound. He used to be addicted. He used to have... And now look at him. What in the world is going on? They'll be astonished. Acts 4.13. Now when they, talking about the people in the community, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. And they marveled. They took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Peter and John, their ministry changed when they received this power, this gift of the Holy Spirit, and the people around them were astonished. The Lord was working through them. There was a new anointing. There was something different. Miracles were being performed. And the people around them, they said, what is going on? That's just Peter. That's just Peter and John. They're just regular guys. They've been with Jesus. That's Jesus. Jesus wants to do powerful things through you and through me. He wants to do things we couldn't do on our own. Because when he does, he gets the glory from that. If he just did through me what I could do on my own power, people wouldn't be astonished. They wouldn't say, she's been with Jesus. But when he steps into situations that we can't see any way out of, when he steps into hopeless situations that seem impossible to those who walk in the flesh, when he steps into those situations and begins to do what only he can do, he's glorified through that. I'm going to share with you before my husband comes the story of my friend. I'm going to call her Jane. That is not her real name, but I'm going to call her that for confidentiality. I have permission, her permission, to share her story. Jane came to the recovery ministry that we started at New Life Church in Cabot. And she walked in, and when she walked in, she carried with her a 20-year addiction to methamphetamine. 20 years she had been addicted. And for that 20 years, she told us that she had never gone any longer than three months clean. So what that meant for her, what that looked like for Jane, is she would she would try to get free and she would get free for a week or a month or three months or two weeks or five days she relapse she relapse she relapse over and over and over again for 20 years she was going to she went to programs she tried different things she was learning some skills she was learning some good stuff but it just wasn't wasn't sticking she even went to a program in another town and they told her they said you can't work the steps here anymore you're just a chronic relapser can you imagine the pain the shame the defeat that would come with being told you're just chronic it's not going to work for you that's what she was told but 
somewhere inside there was a little bit of hope still burning in her heart that maybe, just maybe, things could be different. And so here she come into recovery ministry. She started coming, started working the steps. She got clean, and then she relapsed. And we said, girl, keep coming. We love you. Keep coming. Keep working. Keep keep praying. Keep striving. And she did. She came back. And then one night at, at recovery ministry, she said to me, I think I'll just come to church here. Great. Come on. And so she did. It was Easter Sunday. I was up on the organ, and the worship was great. And I looked back, and she was sitting kind of toward the middle, and I saw her. She come out of her seat, and she walked down to the front with her hands raised. And when she got down to the front, our pastor's wife, Sister Stacy Gaddy, met her right up here in the front. And they began to pray, and Sister Gaddy laid her hands on Jane, and something happened that day. The steps were good. The skills were good. But she needed some power. She began to speak in a language that she had never learned. The word of the Lord tells us that's the evidence that we've received that power inside of us. That's the initial evidence that it's happened. And that happened for Jane. And I think we've got a picture of her. She took on the name of Jesus in baptism. Here she is. She's taken on the name of Jesus in water baptism. And those sins are getting washed away. And let me tell you, today in Cabot, Arkansas, this lady right here is walking 20 months clean for methamphetamine because she got some power she got some power in her heart and she's able to change is things perfect nope is she still got struggles yes she does but she's been baptized her her three children have been baptized in the name of jesus and she is walking in freedom and that is the power of the spirit can you raise your hands with me and let's just thank the lord for that power Thank you, Jesus, for the power that comes with your spirit, Lord. Come on, let's do that for just a moment longer. There's somebody that you came to this room today. You came, you got all dooted up and fixed up, and you said, I'm going to go feed this suspicion in my life of, is there more? Is there something more that I could have? Is there something more that I could get today? I want to let you know there is more to be had. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter if you've been doing this for many years or just for a couple of days. There is more to be had. God didn't bring us to this point in this place and set us up where we're at just to leave us needing more. He is here today to give you the more that you need in your life life. You need some power to help you overcome, then he's got the more to help you overcome. If you need something and need in your life, we sang and we talked about the Jehovah. He's a Jehovah Jireh and he is here today to provide for every need that you have. Whatever it is, you just got to give him opportunity in your life. Begin to speak out, God, this is what I got to have. This is what I need. Find a partner, find somebody, get with them and let them know, this is what I need in my life. This is what I have to have. God wants you to walk in the more today. She started in Romans chapter 8, and it's no coincidence when things like this happen. And we go places and we talk. We don't really share a whole lot. I know that's bad that we don't just really talk a whole lot about what the other one's going to speak about. I've kind of come to the conclusion if God's going to have us doing this together, he's going to work it all out. 
So I looked down at her. I looked down at a little post-it note that she had there in the hotel room, and it was written. It had Romans 8 and 1. I was like, now what are you using out of Romans 8? And she's like, well, just the first four verses. I said, that's great because I'm going to use the last four. Romans 8 and 35. And, I, you know, it's not a coincidence that, Jesus, that God has orchestrated this chapter and Paul has written it. And he starts off talking about we can be overcomers, but then toward the end, and it talks about what can separate us from the love of God. There's nothing that can separate us. Let's look at what the scripture says about that. Romans 8 and 35 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, shall distress, shall persecution, famine, nakedness, or peril, or the sword? Can these things do that? And then we read in verse the next verse, 36, as it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We've got to understand what's going on right here. There's persecution of the church that is taking place, and there are literally people being taken to the college and they are dying there for the name of Jesus, for the sake of the, the gospel. And they're dying. So he says, we're, we're, we're like sheep counted for the slaughter. We are accounted just sheep, like for the slaughter. In verse 30, says, nay, in all of these things, he named off some pretty perilous things, some pretty big things, some things that if we had to talk about in our own lives, we would say, whoo, this is hard, this is tough. He names it off, but he says, nay, in all of these things, we are what? More than conquerors. How are you going to be a conqueror? It's by accepting and embracing the first half of this chapter and then taking on that name of Jesus as we have seen here today. You want to be a conqueror you can't overcome? Then let the power of God come in. Quit trying to do it on our own. Quit trying to do it all by yourself. Invite him into the situation, whatever the problem is, whatever the situation is, invite him in today. It starts by taking on his name. It starts with repentance. Once I've done that, I take on his name, and then I'm filled with the wonderful gift, the comforter, the one that's going to help me make the decision that I need to make tomorrow that I'm unable to make on my own. And then we read on. It says that we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Oh, he loves us today. He loves each and every person. There's no big I's and little U's. We say that all the time, but I'm more convinced of that today than I ever have been in my life. He doesn't love me more than he loves you. He loves each and every one of us the very same. It doesn't matter if they're on skid row or they're sitting in the nicest home in Hamilton, the township of Hamilton. It does not matter. He loves them equally. He loves them the same. He died on Calvary for each and every one of us, not just for the person sitting beside you. For far too long, we have been hung up in our our past and we've been hung up in what we did and who we were and we sat around thinking about that in the present how do i know that because in this verses that we keep reading on it says that we are more than conference through the one that loved us in verse 38 for i am persuaded i'm persuaded today i'm convinced today Paul was a pretty smart fellow, and he used that word persuaded for a reason. There's a reason that that word persuaded is there. Ethos, eth, echo, <laughs> eco, here I go, pathos, ethos, and logos. Break it down. Here we go. Logic, sympathy, and just because it, it needs to be through the logic and the sympathy, and I've got evidence, and it's ethical. That's the things he was saying. I got that. This is here. This is it. He said, I'm using this word so that people around me, the people, the intellects around me will understand that there is some logic to it all, that there is something that's to be said. That when I, when I speak this and I say that, you know what? Sometimes it's illogical to us. It doesn't make sense to us. But to God, it's just logical. It's just, it's just common fact. 
We talk about the supernatural all the time, and I want the supernatural in my life. But to God, it's just natural. To you and I, it's supernatural, but to Him, it's just natural. My problem is not a big problem for Him. Guess what? He's already seen it before, and He's got a logical answer for what's going on. My problem seems like no one cares, but He cares. He's got the sympathy to see where you're at, and He's looking at it, and He's going to step into it with you. He's holding your hand today. He loves you enough. He wants you to walk in freedom today. Accept His freedom. So I'm persuaded. I'm convinced. I don't know what's brought you here today. I don't know what's convinced you. Was it some sort of sympathy in your life? Did it just make good sense to be here today? Or does it, is it because someone told you and invited you? Whatever it is that convinced you to be here today, to be in this house, this place, at this time, just lean into that. Just give into that. Be persuaded by that. And just walk on their faith for a moment. In Mark chapter 2, we find that there was four gentlemen that had a buddy that was on a cot. And they couldn't get him into Jesus, kind of like this room today. It's packed, it's full, it is oppressed, and they can't get him, get their friend up there close to him. And you can go back and read this in Mark chapter 2 later on. But they can't get him there. And they're just standing out there like, what do we do? Well, I think it would just make good sense if we could get our buddy that's out here to where Jesus is at. One of them looks at the other one and says, I don't know how we're going to do that. The other one's like, I don't know if I think he was a roofer. Because he said, let's go to the roof. It says in, the, in, the, in that chapter, it says that they went to the roof and they ripped it up. They broke it up. There was some work that went into what they were doing. They were convinced. They were persuaded that if we only get my friend to Jesus, if I can only get him in the presence of Jesus, if I can only find my way to get my buddy to where Jesus is at, something will happen. Today, whatever it takes for you to get from where you're at, to get to where Jesus is at, be persuaded with me. If you can't believe it yet, let me be one of your four buddies. I believe it can happen for you today. Whatever it is, if it's health that you need in your body, God has it for you today. If you've never taken His name on, God's inviting you today to take on His name. If you've never been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and spoken other tongues, God today wants you to have that experience. The buddy laying on the cot didn't know what was going on. He's getting drugged to a roof, and now he's being lowered down. And when he comes down on that cot, and he comes down in front of Jesus, Jesus looks up through the hole, and he doesn't look at the guy, but he looks at the guy, and he looks at the hole, and he says, by their faith, you sins are forgiven. It wasn't because of what he believed or what he had going on in his life, but it was because somebody believed. I believe today. I believe today. Today is your day. Today is your time. Today is for you to get what you need. If you can't believe it yet today, then believe it with me. Let me be your belief today. Let me be one of those people for you today. Is there anybody in the room that believes today? I don't know if y'all got hankies around here, but I brought my towel today. I believe. If nobody else believes, just come find this guy waving the towel because I believe today. Let me get to where I'm supposed to be going and where I'm supposed to be at. I am persuaded neither death nor life. There's a pair, death and life. Nor angels or principalities. There's a pair, angels or principalities on earth. Nor powers, nor things present, nor things to what? Come. Where did past go to? Where is past at in that? Where is the past at in that? Paul didn't even give it a consideration. 
as he's been inspired by the Holy Spirit to pen these words, he does not give the past consideration. Miranda explained it a little while ago. Now there is no condemnation. Condemnation is the, the feeling of the past and what has went on in my life. And I feel guilty and I feel shame for it. Now there is no condemnation. There's no past when it comes to Jesus. There's no past when it comes to my God. There's no past that's too awful, too bad, too evil, too wrong for Him to say that it's not there any longer. Paul didn't even give the past a consideration when he's pairing up things and he's making a comparison here and he's showing us, but the past is not there. It's not to be considered. But the present is. The present is. Here we are today in the present. And in the present is when I begin to contemplate and I begin to think and I let the enemy come in and begin to remind me of the past. Begin to tell me about the things I did wrong, about the words I said, how I shouldn't have went that place, how I shouldn't have looked at that website, how I shouldn't have done that thing, how that I now I'm hooked on something because of that one day. I have problems in my life because of things that I did in my past. He likes to remind us of his past, of our past. But Christ tells us if I can just get fixed on him, if I can just begin to look to him, and I can let the past be the past. There is a reason that we contemplate the past because the enemy wants to remind us. But Jesus says there's no past. The slate is wiped clean. Everything is under the blood now. And when it is under the blood, it's not to be brought back up. Guess what? The devil can't cross the bloodline. The devil can't take you from someplace that you don't want to go if you just begin to declare the name of Jesus. Oh, we got problems in our families. Why don't we just begin to declare the blood? Why don't we just put a bloodline up? Why don't you go home today? And when you walk through that door, I plead the blood over this living room. I plead the blood over this kitchen. I plead the blood over my baby's room. There ain't going to be anything demonic that comes inside of this house because the devil can't cross the bloodline. When I take on his name, when I become one of his, now all i got to say is, Daddy, I need a little bit of help. Daddy, I need you to show up right now. I'm feeling a little weak. I don't feel like i got strength to fight this battle. And guess what? Daddy says, well, here's a little bit more of that power. Neither death, nor angels, nor things present, nor things to, to come. We fear the future too often. Plead the blood over the future. Plead the blood over the future. Just say, God, I'm going to put my future in your hands. Somebody's getting spoke to right now. God is telling you to plead the blood over your future. God, I put it in your hands. Whatever you want to do with it, whatever you got with it, God, I give it all to you. I don't have time because i got to get out of the way in just a couple of seconds so God can do what He came to do today. He's here to do work today. He's here to do work today. Come on, somebody cry out to Him right now. I 
I got some cute things I'd like to talk to you about for the next few minutes to maybe show some intelligence of mine. But I believe God's intelligence is beginning to work inside of this room right now. And there's some people that's already begun to hear some words today. You've already begun to feel something pulling at you and tugging at you. You already begin to say, I want a little bit more of what they're talking about. I need a little bit more of what they said today. I want to experience that freedom and that joy. Woo. Come on, just give the Lord a big old hand clap in this room. Second Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, not an old creature, not someone that's walking around with badges of, of dishonor on them, but now they're a new creature, a creature that he is okay with, a creature that he has made, and now you're walking as he wanted you to walk. I'm a new creature. Old things have what? Passed away. They're not around anymore. Quit digging them up. Quit digging them up. And if your neighbor's digging them up, find a new neighbor. If you're constantly be reminded by family members of who you used to be, then take a moment and remind them of who you are today. Not confrontational, not tell them with a, with a mean stour on your face, but tell them, you know what, you're right, that's who I used to be. But let me tell you who I am today. I'm free. I'm set free. I'm one of His. I'm walking in the kingdom of God. And I got peace in my life I never had before. I got the ability to make right choices that I never had before. I've got joy in the Holy Spirit today. It's the fear of the unknown and the future that holds us back so many times from what we want to do and where we want to go. There's two mindsets that Carol Dweck, a psychologist from Stanford, said there's a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. The fixed mindset that all the abilities, all the traits, everything that I have is what I got. What I was born with is all I have. I born and I made mistakes, and I guess I'm just going to be a mistake maker for the rest of my life. It's a fixed mindset. It's not a growth mindset. But the growth mindset says, you know what? I've had problems. I've got issues. But I'm going to work on this area of my life. I'm going to work in this area of my life. Today is your day to do the work in your spiritual area of your life. Today is to open up your mind to something greater, something more. It doesn't matter how long we've been serving Him. God's got more for us today. <laughs> God's got more for us today. We have not met our capacity here at this church house. We have not met all that we're going to do. But I believe that there's double this, triple this, quadruple this of what's going to be impacted here in this township because of this church. I refuse to let the enemy tell me this is all we can do. These walls are hampering us. They're keeping us from growth. They're not going to keep us from growth. We'll stack up the hallway if we have to. If they keep coming, we're going to keep preaching. If you keep showing up, we're going to keep telling you how you can be an overcomer. I choose to grow today. I choose to grow today. I got one more scripture and two things I want to share with you. And I'll be out of your way. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. This is the prophecy in the Old Testament. Remember ye not the former things. There's a theme going on here, I believe. Could just be that God doesn't want us messing around with the past. It just might be that God wants us to start walking in today. 
It just might be that even in the Old Testament, he's saying right there, things of the past, just forget it, Israel. Just forget about all those things that you did wrong. And let's just think about what we can do right. God has a growth mindset. God is the original grower. He is the one that started all this, made us, developed us, and chose us to grow. He didn't choose us to go to a certain spot and stop. We may physically stop and we may physically deteriorate, but our minds can can keep growing. Our ability to influence can keep growing. Stop with the, I can't do more, I can't be more, I've made mistakes, I've got problems, and I can't be that. Get that out of your mind. Wash that out of your mind. Get forgiveness for that mindset today. Get rid of it and just see where he might want to take you today before it's all said and done. Remember not the things from the former things. Neither consider the things of old. Forget about the old things. Behold, I will do what? A new thing. It doesn't matter, like I said a moment ago, how long you've been doing this. There's a new thing to be had. There's a new level to go. H&L, whole new level. You need to figure that out. Hashtag that, tweet that, but tag my pastor. Tag my pastor. He's the one that came up with it. God's got a whole new level for you. You just need to quit letting the past drag you around. HNL, whole new level. This lady came to us, four children, a couple of them very persistent children. We love her anyway. We love her family. We love her kids. We're we're making bonds with this family now, and and we're spending some good time. And stories and things are, are happening, and there's growth that's taking place in this family's life. And we're 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 honored to be a part of that. We don't say it's us, but we're just honored to be a part of that. She came to us because of a class that we offered. She came. She attended that class. She came to the lessons, said this has been good. I enjoy this here. Her family enjoyed it. Her husband enjoyed the food that we had to offer. Just kept coming around. We had a special service where we talked about some of the stuff that we talked about today in that service. And at the end, we made an appeal. We've been blessed with a baptismal tank at our, our place. We're always prepared to use that. doesn't matter. It's always got water in it. When you get yours, yours is always going to have water in it. You're going to have that. It's not going to be different for you than it is us. We were where y'all are at, sitting in a room like this at my church where I was at. We've done this. We got horror stories and we got great stories. You're going places. I don't know if y'all know that. I'm going to say it because y'all don't know me, so I could say it. And we haven't talked like this. You're going places. This, this this congregation is going somewhere. And it's going to be dragging along a whole lot more people. I don't know why, but there it is. I see new life here. You know what I'm saying. I, I see it. Y'all got it. You're, you're good. You're going. I, I don't know if y'all have been lately. Ooh, I don't know. I don't think so. But I'm just going to give you a word. You're You're fine. You're doing fine. You're doing a good job. And I know I'm nobody, but I'm telling you, you're doing a good job. She came. She sat through that service. The minister that evening talked about wiping the slate clean and getting things cleaned up in our lives. And we gave an opportunity. We had seven people that night to decide that they wanted to wipe the slate clean with baptism. What does it say? What do we do to be saved? Peter Peter says to them in Acts 2.38, repent. 
First thing we repent. Every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission. The word remission means that it's, it's gone. I like this old minister that I was a younger guy and he said it this way. He takes all of that and he balls it up, puts it in this bag. He throws it out into the sea and then he sticks up this sign that says no fishing into the sea of forgetfulness. No fishing. Can't fish it back up. She made that decision to do to be baptized. She says to my wife and to the minister that was there, she said, I felt so heavy that I could hardly get up out of my seat to get changed to get into the water. She said, I felt so heavy that I didn't even know that I could get in there. I didn't even know if I could physically take the steps to get inside that tank. She sat in that tank and she looked at the minister and she said to him, she says, my grandfather was an apostolic preacher and I can't believe it's been this long for me to get to this place. But what I'm feeling today is what I felt when he talked about it as a child. She was baptized, that first photo of the young lady there. She was baptized. She came up. She spoke in other tongues. There's another one. Picture. It looks kind of the same, so it's fine. There it is. She came up with hands lifted, speaking in another language. When she's finished, she said, this is the joy that my grandmother talked about and sang about. You don't know who they are, but you just keep reaching. You just keep offering. Do whatever you got to do to get them in the house. You don't know what to say to them. You don't know how to help them. You just get them around pastor. You just get them around a ministry leader. You just get them around Sister White. You just get them around somebody that can just talk to them for a minute. The right words will come. The right words will be said. They'll be having an experience like this. Let's all stand to our feet, and I think we're going to get rid of this podium. Somebody can come do that while I tell this last little bit. Everybody good so far? Come on, is everybody good? Had a friend of mine who does construction work, was doing work in a home. He's a minister. He's doing work in a home. He does heating and air work. He's doing work in a home. He's talking to this lady, and and as he's talking to her, he could feel a great need in her, a great desire. And she begins to tell him about how she knows about water baptism, and it needs to be done in Jesus' name. And I was like, well, Bo, why didn't you just get that done? He goes, I, I felt led to take her to church, to send her to the church. That was on a Thursday, so he was sitting there that Thursday night because that's when we were going to be there. He sent her. He described her. When I sat down beside her to visit with her before service, you could feel it in the air. It was almost like I could reach out and just grab what she was desiring, what she was feeling. It was so just, just a, it was an atmosphere around her. We talked for a few moments. We made a decision to get baptized. At the end of that service, when we, were, we, we took care of baptismal at that time, she said, I'm in a really big rush. I've got to go get a kid. I didn't realize how long I was going to be here. It's fine. She said, I will be here next Thursday, and we will do take care of baptism. I was like, okay. That's all I got. She said, but I need a little more information. I said, great. And so for us to leave where we were standing, it would be like us leaving out of here, walking out and all, all, all the way across over to those bays, how far we would have walked to get the information that she was looking for. And as we're in that, in that office way and I'm giving her that information, you could just still feel that that was there. I feel the same thing here today. I feel the same presence that I felt in that doorway that day. I feel it in this room right now. And as I'm get, getting ready to give her that information, I just looked at her and I said, you, you, you want something now, don't you? She's like, yeah, I do. I said, um, the gift of the Holy Ghost, right? She's like, yes, that's exactly what it is. I said, do you know what the gift of the Holy Ghost is? 
And she says, yeah. And I said, you know what the evidence like is taught in the word? She said, yes, I do. She said, it says, well, speak in tongues. She says, I want that badly. Somebody's going to come across your path and they're going to want something badly. Remember this day, there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. There's no now, no condemnation. Lead them in a word of repentance and then pray for whatever it is that they need and they want. Do it right there. Don't wait to get back to this building to do what needs to be done right then. It doesn't matter what part of this building. If you're in the parking lot visiting with someone and you still feel it, give an opportunity for prayer to take place. That's all I got for you today. That's what I want you to hear more than anything is you take advantage of every opportunity that you have. We, our music director was over mopping the hallway, cleaning up some mess that I'm sure me or my family made. I said, Courtney, come over here, please. And I, I really wanted Courtney there just to be my witness, to tell you the truth. I didn't think that we had to have more because she was really ready. I said, we're going to pray. I said, we're going to first repent. And we're going to do that in just a minute as well. And we did. I said, okay, we're going to start praying. And so we begin to pray. You're going to hear something between your ears. That's the best way I know how to describe it. You're going to hear it before you say it. And as you hear that, whatever it is, whatever it sounds like, it may not be what you're used to saying, I want you just to speak that out of your mouth. And so we started, and yes, it came across me like, are you getting out there on that limb now, big boy? And I was like, yes, I am, but I, I really feel it. I know we can do this. We prayed. I said, now, when we're praying, I said, me and Courtney, we're probably going to start speaking in tongues a little bit because it's going to come down and we're going to feel it. Sure enough, it did. And as I prayed, I said, I'm going to lay my hands on your head. And when I do, you're going to really begin to feel something. And, and I laid my hands on her. And when I laid my hands on her, she just began to speak in tongues fluently, like she'd been doing it for many years. And I was like, okay, there it is. Don't make it out to be something hard. It's not hard. It is a free gift that someone loved us enough that he went and died on Calvary for us. Why would he not want us to have it? He loves us more than we can imagine. He wants us to have the gift that he has for us more than we can comprehend. Why not let him give it to you today? Why not let it operate in your life? She spoke in tongues, and there's a text message picture that we can throw up there. I'll tell you what it says if you can't read it. Brother Leonard, it's Jennifer. I spoke again in tongues today. Most beautiful moment in my life. Every head bowed, every eye just closed for a moment. I don't know what we're going to do music-wise. If we're going to do it with that, I don't care. We don't need it. We don't have to have it, but I'll, I'm good with it if we do. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Today, God has been speaking to somebody in this room. We're kind of at two different levels here sometimes. There are those that know what I've talked about really well, and there's some of you that sounds a little foreign, but you just want a little bit more of what we talked about. I want to pray with you today before this is all said and done. I want you to give opportunity in your life for God to do something that he wants to do. If you don't know how to repent, you don't know how to pray, then just pray a little bit of what I pray, okay? Just pick out some words that I, I use in just the next few moments and, and just say that, say those over yourself. Now, this is a you and God moment right now. This isn't a me, you, and us, and a crowd thing. This is a you and God moment right now. Here we go. Dear Heavenly Father, you've been gracious to us today. I have felt you from the very beginning. 
I felt you on a plane ride into this community in this area, Lord. I felt you preparing us for this day and this moment, and I'm thankful for that. But today I come to you and I ask you to forgive me of anything that would keep me from being what you would want me to be or for experiencing what you have for me. God, I pray that you would reach down and forgive me of everything that is in my life that should not be there. Words that I have said, things that I have done, places I have gone, and places that I've let my mind go. God, I pray that you'll forgive me for the lust of the eye, for lust of the flesh, pride of life, dear God. I pray that you would wipe those things away from me right now. And God, and, and let your mercy and your grace come down and fill us all. God, as you're forgiving us today, as you're moving here in this room today, God, I want to be thankful for what you're doing. And God, I'm asking that you help me tomorrow as I take this turn in my life and I take this change and I do a 180, God, that when I walk away from here today, that you let me be filled with a power that's going to help me live an overcoming life. God, I thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you for the opportunity of applying your name. And today I pray, God, that you'll fill each one of us Everybody in the room, Lord, everybody in the room leaves here with a renewing of your spirit and your presence, Lord. Let it be in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I'm going to give some small instructions right now, okay? Everybody, heads up right here. If today you want someone to pray with you about receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, okay, listen, real quick. There's no police tape. There's no caution tape, and there's no judgment tape that's going to be stretched across this front. It does not matter where you're at with your walk with God. It is okay to come to the front today and pray and ask God to help you wherever you're at. Is that okay? We are a family here, and we're not here to judge one another, but we are here to support each other, to grow in what God wants. So if you want to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost today and you've never had it or you've had it and you want it again, please just come make your way to the front. Come on. Don't don't hold up. Come on. That's it. Come on. Just start the line right across here. Start right here with the speaker, brother. Just stand right here right across the front. Come on. Or we'll make room. Come on. Come on. Make a line. We're going to make a line. Come stand right over here. Brandon, help us get the line across here. Come on, just come right over here on the side. Like, I, I expected there to be some needs in the room, but just keep coming. Raise your hand right now. Just wait a second. Raise your hand if you want the Holy Ghost. Raise your hand if you want the Holy Ghost. Right, so what's going to happen is we're going to begin to pray. And what you feel in your mind is what you're going to let out of your mouth. You cannot get this gift and have the evidence of it with your mouth closed. You're going to have to open your mouth and let it happen. I need some people that know how to pray and know how to pastor to start pointing at you to get around here up to the front. So we're about to start praying. And as we pray, just focus your attention. Everybody in the room, if we could just focus our attention on Jesus today. 
No condemnation, Jesus. No problems here today. No past here today. We just ask for forgiveness. Woo! There's something rushing in right now. Come on, get a hold of this. You don't have to have us to lay your hands on you. They got it while the preacher was talking. You just need to begin to speak it out right now. Come on. That's it. Come on, we're going to begin to pray right now. Come on. Here we go. Break every chain, break every chain. 